Game of Thrones. Oh my god. There's dragons. You gotta watch it. You see them. There's this fight scene. It's there. It's only going really small. Winter's coming. Watch your What's so his name again? Like so it's like Mr. Kari's me. And, uh, he lost his hair. 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 Fucking red wedding. I cannot give you back your homes or restore your dead to life, but perhaps I can give you justice in the name of our Dracaris. Welcome to the Coffee Clatch Crew Game of Thrones episode review. I'm Jason Pistorino. I'm Christina Lomangino. And today we take a closer look into episode five, The Bells. We talked about our overall thoughts, acknowledged our deaths, gave the varying viewpoints from the critics, and went through our crow's eye view of all the plot points. We ended off with our Raven ratings during our last episode. This time around, we'll give our MVB Most Valuable Bannerman, as well as talk about your poll results. So, as always, we gave you four options. This time it was Danny, Arya, the Hound, and Jamie. Before we go to our Clatchers, Jason, who is your MVB for episode five? You know, this is a difficult one for me because it's not that I'm proud of anybody here. Well, I guess I'm proud of the Hound because he was able to defeat his brother. In a way, I'm proud of Danny because she did take out Cersei so easily. It's the way she did it. Not to reiterate, but she had it won already and then went mad. So, but I can't, you know, I guess I have to applaud going crazy because Arya didn't end up doing anything besides surviving. And Jamie is a head case and I don't think he should have been there anyway. So I'm going to go with Danny. Well, yeah, you don't even have to say applaud as in I agree with her decisions and I love what happened with this character. We talk often that MVB is usually the person who moved the plot forward the most, had the biggest impact, the biggest character arc. But we always have the caveat that if you go pure emotion... We don't blame you for that either. So that's why some of these answers I can totally understand. Yeah. And speaking of character arcs, you could go Jamie because he completes his character arc. You can go Arya for finally choosing to let go of her vengeance. I fully see how Danny made the biggest impact on this episode. And I'm going to massively cheat on my answer. Jason, you've gotten to cheat in the past by listing characters three times or more in an episode. I'm going to cheat by choosing one who's not on our list. Okay. And it's so hard with four options. He really should be up there. My vote goes to Varys. I spoke last podcast about all the things I admire in his character throughout the years. Some of the things he did last episode were a little bit unbelievable. You know, he's a really, really smart man. And all of a sudden he chooses to not be stealthy. Was this desperation? Did he think he had an idea that just didn't work out well? Did he know he was going to die? So let's give it one more shot. Or was it a fault of the writing? I'm not really sure. But either way, up until that point, he has done a lot throughout the seasons. For a very long time, he was the biggest Danny champion, brought Tyrion over there to help support her, help to rally an army around her. But with his final words, he goes down saying the thing he always has. Ultimately, he is for the realm. He's for the small people that don't often have a voice for themselves. And he was willing to die in that cause to go out saying, I think that she's going to make the wrong decision here and I won't back down off that opinion. Plus, it was the end of his character journey. So a farewell to one of our beloved characters. Now let's head over to our poll results and see what you had to say. You know, it's really exciting 
the turnout that we've had this season with our poll results, ranging in the high 300s to 400 votes, I think that's amazing. And we hope that we continue that tradition with the shows we'll be covering from this point on. So with that being said, 5% of these votes went to Jamie. (laughs) Pity votes? Yeah, well, you know, perhaps some people felt along the same lines that this was the ending of his character arc. If you could see past the rushed decisions that had to wrap up his arc really quickly. He has been one of the most interesting characters throughout eight seasons of Game of Thrones. There are many shows that make us feel confused about who the good guys and bad guys are, but I don't think I've ever felt so many ups and downs, so many conflicting gray feelings Mm. for a character before as I have for Jamie. And I think a lot of our frustration comes from the fact that towards the end, we were really rooting for him. We wanted him to be good and to finish off the redemption. And when he didn't, well, that's upsetting. But I could definitely see people voting for him. Coming in third place with 11% was Arya. These last three seasons, I've loved watching Arya on screen during her struggles, during her coming out moments when she delivers a fray pie to the point where she kills the Night King. And honestly, I thought she did a tremendous job herself and the cinematographers and the makeup artists during this run through the city, giving us a beautiful point of view of the rubble and of the destruction going on. And in my opinion, some of the most compelling scenes have always been between her and the Hound. So to have those final moments with him and to change direction... Where she goes from here is up for debate. We will be talking about that in Clatcher's comments. But here, she is just choosing life and trying to get out of there. Plot-wise, though, she didn't move a lot forward other than her own character arc in this episode. Surprisingly to me, coming in second place with 34% was Danny. At first, I was definitely surprised as well, but I think people are mad at her. Yes. They're mad at the mad queen. And that's got to be a factor. And I think, like many things in this final season, you really came down hard one of two ways. Either the buildup to her switch in this episode felt justified to you, like there was enough track and there was enough payoff, and you were able to just enjoy what you were watching, as tragic as it is, or it came too suddenly for you. And... You were a Danny champion up until this point and just don't want to believe it about her. I mean, 34%, it's not too bad. As somebody doing something horrible in an episode, it is often hard to get those winning votes. I mean, we have had the Night King once. We have had Cersei once. But they're, they're less frequent than the good guys. Yeah, 34%. That's probably the number of people still alive in this city afterwards. Oh, Yeah. Well, so when you think of it that probably, way, that's not that much. That's probably right on. Coming in first place with 50% good for him was the <laughs> Hound. Sandor Clegane had his final episode. Just watching that fight again, I love the fact where he's laughing at his brother because he just keeps stabbing him. Thinking Why he'd won't be dead, you and just says, die? <laughs> this motherfucker just won't die. <laughs> Rory McCann has done an excellent job portraying Sandor over the years. And while he did choose vengeance in the end, we're already at a point that this thing is so much bigger than him. It's all-encompassing, and it is a moment of good to be able to take down such a monster. He questionably saves Arya, saves Arya from the city here at least, saves her from dying in the Red Keep, hopefully changes her mind about her course of action. And I don't care what anybody says, Clegane Bowl was one of the most satisfying moments for me of this episode, of this season really. So let's see what our Clatchers had to say about this episode. Now, we're going to read these comments, and then we had, I mean, this is amazing. 
After we recorded our full review podcast, we continued to get articles sent to us and comments and questions. It's pretty amazing to, to read all of the Clatcher's opinions and, and ideas of what's going on. And also, it's been amazing to see them send us some articles which are just way crazy. Yeah, I always love things that are forwarded to us. Some of them great informational articles that we hadn't seen before, sometimes giving us a differing viewpoint. Uh, yeah, some of them are just bonkers. Some of them are actually fun to read. I can't wait to go over one of those later on. We have a lot of feedback we're going to get to as much as we can. There's no way we're going to be able to cover all of it, even in a separate episode. But we'll do our best here. The first one I want to read is from someone we haven't heard from in a long time. Maybe once this season, but besides that, and I'm talking about Oren. Yeah, where long did time he go? I don't know. Welcome back. And you know who's another person we haven't heard from forever? Key Rip. to Jail. Remember oh, him? and Richard wrote in this yeah, week Richard, as well. Yeah. So they're all coming back. Maybe they were scared of Cersei. And now that she's gone, they're coming out. They're not scared of Danny and Drogon? <laughs> they're on her side. <laughs> so Oren wrote, I cannot think of another show that can make you cry when the bad guys all die. It's That's true. There's been many cases throughout these eight years where you're so saddened. And you're, and then you say to yourself, wait, that, that person was such an asshole. <laughs> yeah, but I'm still sad that they're gone. <laughs> Not Waldefrey, though. Was not sad nope, for that. Not at all. I was sad to no longer see him on screen, though. Not Kyburn this episode. <laughs> I just laughed. What's wrong with me? <laughs> Melly wrote in to say, voting for Heartless Danny because she's the only character who truly moved the story forward. But I secretly wish Arya would kill her next week so John can sit on the throne. After what he saw, I think he now wants the throne. I was hoping that might be true. Yeah, the thing is, we need John to actually do something this season. And don't get mad at me. I'm not saying like he hasn't done anything, but he hasn't done, he hasn't been the pivotal moment. And I thought for sure this season would be a John season. Yeah, and there's been a lot of times where it seemed like, well, surely this is when John will step up. I, I'm thinking of the long night when he's about to take on Viserion. Mm. And then you just walk away from it going, oh, John. Mm. Poor, poor John. I really have liked you for eight seasons, but I need you to stand up to the bad. And right now the bad is Danny. That's going to be all the harder. But I think we'll make it more satisfying if he does. It might be poisoning. That might have been a foreshadow. Oh. Maybe oh, and then he gets maybe no nothing? one kills her. It's still varies. Well, I've thought about that. We discussed yeah. last episode that putting the ring into In that cup. box, which people had all sorts of ideas what that could be. I didn't hear any talking about ours, so we're either way off the mark or this is a far, far-fetched theory. But we surmised it could have been an indicator to someone to continue to, do to it. move forward with the plan. Yeah. There's a lot of ways this really could go. And if nothing else, I'm glad that I'm still so confused and surprised mm -hmm. right up until the very end. That's not everything with a show. Don't get me wrong. But it is something interesting to not know where the finale is headed. Kirk agrees and says it has to be Danny. She drove Drogon and the whole story right into next week. Everyone else was busy simply surviving. Emotions make this a tough vote. But if not for Danny, there would be no next week. And this would have been the finale. Oh, and Elliot Todd brings up a good point. Drogon's fire also brought out all those wildfire caches buried under King's Landing, which would always be a fire hazard to the city's <laughs> safety. So we've done away with that. His write-in vote goes to Drogon. He learned to outsmart the damn scorpions, eliminated his biggest threat, 
thus becoming the most lethal weapon in all of Westeros. Without him and his intelligence, the last war might have turned out quite differently. Well, we love a good dragon vote, right? We do. I'm going to bring this up now. I was going to wait till later, but Orin wrote to us later. And this is right on the, the tail of this Drogon vote. <laughs> it's a pun. Orin wrote, thanks for another great podcast. Note about Danny's tactics. She flew towards the ships with the sun behind her, making it hard to see her. Then flew low towards King's Landing. The city wall scorpions were not designed to shoot down. Oh, yeah. And I read a lot of things about that. I totally get that. And maybe we didn't word it right when we talked about coming out of the sky. Between the angle that I still don't believe they can point straight up and the sun, the initial dive bomb made sense. Yes. It was when she got low. Afterwards, because she didn't get all the ships at once. Right. Now she's got several ships. So even if that ship right in front of her can't get that low, Mm. there's others spread throughout the bay that presumably can get different angles. There's ones up on the wall. Then she has to fly a little up to get to the wall. Like She kind of covered all flight angles throughout the course of her path, even though she tried to maintain. Using my imagination, I'm thinking they're hard to turn, obviously, because they're so large. So with the ships, they weren't facing towards each other, assuming. And she was able to take them out rather quickly. And then with the wall, once she had the first section done, Drogon was coming sideways parallel with the wall on top of it. And I don't think the wall scorpions can turn all the way to the right. But see, we're doing a lot of guesswork here. Last time, they pivoted sharply enough to be able to fire three arrows with perfect accuracy They were firing them up high when they hit Rhaegal, and then when she started to dive bomb low, they were turning down to the mm. point that she knew she had to break because they True. were going to hit her. And then also, and they, she was they got pretty the damn that. low at that point, yeah, and only narrowly avoiding. It's not even that they didn't hit her; nothing even came close, and they had twenty times the amount of scorpions. Yeah, this time around. True that. So. It's still, it's it's a little rocky. Maybe if we heard them during the war council talk about how to take them out or something, maybe that would have helped. Yeah, like we said, discovering a weakness or I think the major frustration is feeling like they're playing it both sides of the fence. So this army, the plan that Cersei has, the fleet, the scorpions, everything seems so formidable to the point that it can take down a dragon. It can keep our troops at a distance on the beach when we come up because we're so afraid. This episode, it feels like Danny could have rode in all along and, and forget about the Golden Company that they paid that are supposed to be one of the best sellsword companies in the yep. world. I've heard a lot of people commenting, and I can't help but agree, everything in this episode is okay if Rhaegal doesn't die last time. Exactly. That's what I said, too. If Rhaegal gets hit by the stray arrow here because his wing is messed up and that would there's holes sense. in it, Drogon avoids it because, yes, she did learn her lesson. They're a little bit smarter about the scorpions. The death of Rhaegal is a major last straw prompter for Danny to snap. And it's fresh. It's right now. It's not just her sitting on top of a building thinking, this isn't enough. And the bells are going. And she looks over, there's Rhaegal taking his last breath. Slowly, painfully dying. And then she snaps. And I'd be like, fucking kill him. You know, I I would be on board with that as well. Um, We had another Clatcher say um, another difference was they were taken by surprise the first time. This time she knew they were there and she planned for it. So these are all great reasonings. I'm not on the extreme extreme that it's complete bullshit. 
but I also do, just like we just said, feel like they could have balanced that better. Also, our response last episode, a lot of it was for comic reasons. Being, it, It's funnier, it's better if you're all out with the idea that you're saying. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, oh, I forgot how to use this shit. <laughs> it's just funny. So that's why we went that route. I don't think anyone would have taken that comment seriously, Jason. No, we appreciate all of the, the write-ins. And I always like to... And everyone was kind. I'm pretty, pretty happy about that. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm always looking for somebody to change my mind for the Mm. better about something. I want to buy that. It's just been my belief all along that if we have to do enough explaining to ourselves after an episode, putting in together pieces, well, this is why it happens. Well, clearly it was this, this, and that. But not things that are directly given to us on screen. Something missed the mark. Yeah. We shouldn't have had to... Not figure it out, because, yeah, smart fans, we want to figure out a lot, but patch in holes mm. and come up with justifications to make it sit together right. That's when I think it's a little bit unsatisfying. Sherry Ava says, my initial reaction after episode five is total exhaustion and loss of hope. This episode brought home the ugliness of war. There is no good side, and in the end, the innocent will suffer the worst fate. I think Arya and John observed this. Yeah, we went into a little bit of discussion last time about just the sheer brutality mm. and the reality of when they talk about the battle lust getting into you, that that fever that overtakes you, how it turns previously good people into bad people that are doing awful things. Nobody wants to see these innocent lives. I mean, the, the makeup and prosthetic work they did for people being burned alive. My stomach was churning. It looked so real. And that was depicted 100%. I think we Mm -hmm. both agreed on that. Trish wrote in to say, first time ever, I can't vote for anyone. I feel sick. Oh, there you go. Tale says, the Clegane's end was beautiful. The fight started with fire and ended with fire. Yeah, Lindsay saying, you know, such a shame they had the city and it was so clean. They, They took it. Joe's vote going to Arya, who loved John growing up, who never wanted to be a lady, the girl who vowed revenge for a butcher's boy, the killer of death itself, and the one who tried to save commoners during the burning of King's Landing. This is her story. She melted the ice. Time to put out the flame. Ooh, poetic. (laughs) And she ran saying, beautifully written, and I agree. I love this. Peaches and plums. What the actual fuck was that? (laughs) Jamie goes through seven series of redemptions and development only to end up where he started. And Cersei gets to die in his arms. Disappointing. The hound got my vote, even though he missed the chance to cut off Cersei's head as she scuttled past. That was funny. She just kind of ran by. that moment. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Drew says, Danny is a war criminal. Arya is a surviving observer. The hound's victory was literally Pyrrhic. And Jamie survived long enough to lead Cersei to her tomb among the dragon skulls. There was a oh, lot like of that. question. Did he know he was leading them both to their death? No. But I, you know, as much as I would want to believe that, I don't think so. He just accepted it once that reality came to him. Yeah. yeah. Amanda says, I voted for the Hound. His character arc is complete. Oh, and Elliot agrees with me. Good. Maybe not so bad for me to <laughs> do a little cheating here. Varys might have a bigger contribution in this episode. We have yet to see who received his messages. Might be someone powerful enough to back up John. Yeah, and Anon P saying, did it go to the Prince of Dorne, like we were wondering? Could there still be a poison plot afoot? And Dorne is known for poison. It would be so Varys-like if his scheming, even this was part of his plan, and it's going to continue on after his death. I 
really like that. Do you think they're going to put something in a sheep and then feed it to the dragon and then the dragon dies? I don't know, Poisoned? but it's too bad Oberyn's not around for real anymore because for him to come in and do this job it's like a face we love that we can still connect to Dorne because right now there's nobody left there that we know or care about that's what I'm struggling with I'm still holding on to hope and I know I'm being ignorant here that if Danny goes we still find a way to have the dragon be alive (laughs) oh sweetheart I have to brace you that I don't (laughs) think that's gonna happen damn it but ghost as far as we know still made it out it's true and she ran agrees. Can we pour one out for Varys? I loved his character. I would have liked a different death for him, but honestly, I loved him so much, I don't think I would have been happy with anything. M wrote, I have to go Danny. We've always known that this was a possibility, and she made it a reality we all hated. She changed the game and became Queen of the Ashes. Tis true. That's her new name, Queen of the Ashes. <laughs> Just add to it. Honorable mention to Arya, who did what we all hope we would do in a crisis and try to help. That's true. Or at least get out of there alive. <laughs> so, honestly, I would have just been running. Yeah. Yes, Claudio, I agree. Danny set the tone from the beginning and tore a hole through this episode. I knew King's Landing was in trouble when she chose fear during the John discussion. You know, I was saying to myself, to John, dude, just if you're not feeling it, you're about to go to war, just play it tonight, play the role. <laughs> Well, this is what we were saying last time. He is incapable of doing those things to his detriment. If there's going to be anything that's his downfall, that's it. Brian T says, okay, I thought I was numb after the magicians. <laughs> in season six, Tyrion said there were a million people in King's Landing. Strong reasons to vote for any of these characters. I went with the Hound because I love Clegane Bowl. Perfect ending with Arya riding out. Yeah, a million people. So what did I say? 36% still alive? 360,000? It might be less than that. Yeah. Nikki, which is Myth Girl, says, I voted for Danny because she made the biggest change in the story. Everything would have been fine. They <sighs> rang the bell. What was she thinking? Yeah, I know. Uh, Sherry Ava said, I can honestly say that Game of Thrones episode was the low point of my mother's day. Because first my internet, internet went out, and then when it finally came back, the show was so damn depressing. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, right? Team West Coast Covina Podcast says would have seriously considered the Hound for saving Arya, but he let Cersei walk right by. Not surprised, but he could have easily taken care of her on the way to Clegane Bowl. I think he was seeing red at that point. It was just like his brother. They both had eyes only for each other. Listen, the whole tower was crumbling around them. Dragon fires raining above. Didn't matter. It would have been hilarious, though, if as she walks by, he just pushed his arm out to the right, and she just went over that stairwell. Tacitly swung his sword and took her head off. And then just went, oops. Then you wouldn't get the Jamie moment, though. That's the problem with that. Fuck that I need some ending resolve with Jamie, even if it's not the thing we want. If you kill her there, we never get that moment. Heather says, as much as I hated how mad Danny has become, I feel less guilty about really loving the idea of John sitting the throne. Danny moves the story forward for me. Less Guilty? I don't feel guilty. I love John. (laughs) (laughs) Elliot also says, confusing things. What's the deal between Arya and the white horse? When Jaime was fighting Euron, why did they both seem drunk? Did Tyrion ring the bell with his sheer power of will? (laughs) Oh, I don't (laughs) know. So Arya and the white horse is a topic of much discussion. Yeah. We've seen some saying that it was Bran. I honestly feel like Bran is done. If we haven't seen Bran being able to warg into other creatures at crucial moments where we have had moments that that's been important. Mm -hmm. 
I don't think we're going to see it now no. at the very end because that would feel like, well, what about all those other times then? We've heard, and one of my first thoughts was the parallel to the Pale Mare prophecy that Danny had in Marine. But A, you didn't really get that on the show. And we're learning a lot that if they don't spell something out, especially when it comes to a foreshadow, a prophecy, the show's not going to mess with that. I mean, I just don't think it's their territory. And in that case, yes, the Pale Mare was bringing death to the city. So if you loosely want to tie it in and say Arya is bringing death to Danny now in the following episode, I guess that kind of works. But that was such an inadvertent, this person was carrying a plague with them. Like, I don't see a strong tie to it. And it undercuts everything they were about this episode with Arya finally leaving against all odds because she believed the hound that she had to choose life. Yeah. I also think the white horse is just as strongly or can be a symbol of purity, innocence, goodness. She's leaving behind her vengeance, riding off with purity. To try to retain some small bit of that because he told her, if you don't do it now, there's going to be nothing left. You won't have that. So she's holding on desperately to that last little bit it's a wild creature like we said it's something that at one point was all white but now is bloody and dirty and bruised but still alive still has the opportunity so to me that's just a strong of symbolism and it's hard to discount that could i get weird always okay so i honestly don't see her coming into the fold and i may be way off but with John, even though it would make sense she loves John, I pictured her actually bouncing. There's two places she could go. Maybe she made the decision to go see Gendry, start her life there. Or maybe she goes back up north. Well, he still is up north. I'm imagining Gendry went Oh, that to he's his at land. Storm's End now. Yeah. Okay. Or she goes back home to see Sansa and Bran, and maybe that's what brings Bran back into the fold. I don't know. I'm well, you, guessing You here. have to have an ending to those characters that are still at Winterfell, namely Sansa and Bran. And it's going to be kind of weird if we have to have an odd smash cut next episode. Like, mm. I can't imagine any characters winding up back there. Isn't next episode four hours long? <laughs> Just kidding. So, yeah, it would make sense if Arya gives us the look into that. And the very last episode, she was so about family is more important. She she finally came back around to that idea. So it was a little odd that right after that conversation with Sansa and Bran and John by the heart tree, she's she just riding off with yeah. the hound. I think it makes more sense if you tie that up neatly in that way. I see what you're saying. But at the same time, I think their goodbyes were them actually tying it up. For her story. Oh, for her story, yeah. Arya's story is not finished. No. No, it's not. I I really feel like Bran's story is not finished. There's not enough time, though. It just doesn't... There was no payoff of Bran. And, you know, if she does, we've said she's certainly had her fair share of action and heroism and killing the Night King. This allows the characters we have left that we want to see step up who haven't been doing a lot of it. I'm thinking of you, John. I'm thinking of you, Tyrion. Mm. They get the opportunity finally to do that. Can, uh, one last weird thing just in my head. She's still, quote unquote, wanted by the faceless god. I think they dropped that story. Okay, I'm saying maybe on our way home, up pops a familiar face. I just, we haven't even her. seen any face switching where we okay. thought we yeah, might. It's I, done. I think the end of Littlefinger was the end of that story for them. 
Maybe our next podcast will be uh, just us just doing the dropped storylines. Yeah, uh, fan fiction on yes. all the dropped storylines, Game of Thrones. Stay tuned. Did Tyrion ring the bell? You know, <clears throat> during the episode, I was wanting to believe it was Jamie. I wanted Jamie to be doing mm. something. And then we see he's running around alleys. We see Tyrion's not doing anything. I think mm. it was just one of the people of King's Landing. Yeah. They were so desperate, crying out for help. For sure. I agree. Yeah. And where is Sir Bronn of the Blackwater? <laughs> oh, he's up north. Chilling. I think he's already at High Garden. <laughs> yeah. This is my castle. He's I'm not, not leaving. Anything, I'm though. sitting here. If Tyrion dies next episode, he's getting shit. No, because then everyone's dead. How do they know? Oh, true. Unless yeah. Danny's ruling with a dragon and then you, you got to get the F out. Yeah. Brian also bringing up some of these storylines that were either forgotten or didn't come to a satisfying conclusion. Like why bother to bring over the Golden Company and make such a big deal about them if they're going to have no impact just to be killed in the first five seconds. To present to us. We needed to see Cersei as a real challenge. Yes. Danny has so much on her side and this is part of the problem. I think those two things were in too strong of camps leading into this season. They needed more time to start to balance out the scale. So they had to drop Danny down in power a bunch of pegs too quickly. They had to build up Cersei in ways that were kind of unbelievable, like these indestructible scorpions, to put them on an even playing field so we would feel nervous. And that's why once Danny starts to take out the scorpions, we said, well, really, Cersei didn't have more of a plan than that? They build up a confrontation when really it's just still a one-sided battle when it comes down to it. He also says the only question left now is who kills Danny? John, Arya, or Tyrion? I don't think it'll be Tyrion. Honestly, I don't think it'll be Arya. No, I'm going John. Varys. Or the unknown po- poisoning at the hands of Varys, yeah. At the mind of Varys, yeah. I know you have a couple of voicemails to get to, but I want to give a quick shout out to people that wrote in after our last podcast, but before this episode, so the speculations are kind of moot. But all the same, thank you to Adrian, Mark, and Michelle. There's a good look on Eric, who sent us a picture of the Game of Thrones wine bottle. Oh, yeah. We had discovered that a while back, but if you guys haven't seen it or tried it, it's really cool. Yeah, a couple months ago, that same exact one we had. The red wine. Yeah. They make a couple different kinds, and I've also seen now they have ale. It's in a really big, old-fashioned bottle. Yeah. I haven't tried it, but it looks cool. HBO's like, how can we make money? Oh, I have many ideas. Also, we mentioned Richard. He wrote in to say, I had to pause the podcast when Jason described how the Northern Army should have walked through the Lannister Army calling them all bitches, howling, laughing. (laughs) My mind goes that way many times throughout the podcast. Uh, Most of the time I choose not to open my mouth. Or I cut you off so that you can't. But more specifically, I was picturing Danny walking up, getting off the dragon, walking up to John, and then they start to descend into the Red Keep and Danny's the one calling them bitches. Well, then you said anyone who doesn't listen, punch him in the face, punch him in the Uh, face. They didn't take the knee quick enough. (laughs) And next we're going to go through some emails that people sent us via contact at coffeeclatchcrew.com. We're going to try to get through most of them. But as we're recording, my computer's showing that we're still getting those emails. So Mm -hmm. we will read them and we'll respond to them. Also, I want to mention we got an email from Alex about the Lightbringer prophecy. There's a ton of things about prophecy, religion, a lot of stuff that we were very into leading into this season. And then we realized it's probably not going to be fulfilled here. It's a topic we absolutely still want to keep discussing once we see how the whole story plays out and we can reflect back. So we're going to look at Alex's email when we get to our bonus podcast. 
Brenda had some overall thoughts about episode five that I thought were really great. She said her only complaint was that the episode was abrupt and should have been spread over a few episodes. But number one, quote, I've always had mad respect for any actor or actress that can blur the lines of hate and sympathy for an antagonist. Lena Headey nails this in a way I've never seen before in her portrayal of Cersei. Yes. I agree. But be careful how you use the word mad right now. <laughs> uh, all the actors and actresses really here in this episode, this final season, are just doing an incredible job. Number two, I also love a protagonist with a dark side. As much as I hate that Varys died for nothing, I have to say that as I meditated on Danny's journey, I thought that her evolution gave a beautiful picture of what it looks like when injustice and hurt and trauma turns into anger, an anger that defies reason and cannot be quenched. I have felt that rage in my soul at my darkest moments, and it's a terrifying reality of anyone who's ever been oppressed or wronged. Danny's pivotal moment when she saw the red keep stolen from her ancestors, an all-too-familiar truth for so many marginalized peoples in our history. That same spirit is embodied painfully in Grey Worm, absolutely impeccable acting from both. Number three, this episode painted a very real portrayal of what war looks like. Good guys becoming bad guys, bad guys being good guys, with the innocents always the ones caught in the crossfire. Number four, there were a few moments, conclusions of very human relationships that ripped my heart out and exemplified what GOT does best, telling wounded people's stories. Arya and the Hound, the Hound and the Mountain, Jamie and Tyrion, and yes, even Jamie and Cersei. If they could have been spread out over two or three episodes, they would have been perfect. And number five, Jon Snow, holy shit. He finally understands his destiny of being a king. It all clicked in this episode. Well, it sounds like Brenda is reflecting a lot of our feelings, which makes me feel less alone, which is good. <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, we've, we've seen this all across the internet. We don't hate at all the way the storyline has gone, mm -hmm. where it's come up to. Actually, we anticipated, but was in denial of the Mad Queen. The writing was on the wall with that. I just didn't want it to happen. And it's, it's the execution, you know, it's the being rushed thing. It's that's, <clears throat> that's what we're bothered with. Just, we want more. We think it would have been better if it was played out the old GOT way, the long crests and troughs of humanity that brings us to this point. When you have eight seasons of planting seeds, you need more than six episodes to let your tree grow. You and it just wasn't even do. Six. Yeah. <laughs> On that regard, and she ran, made us privy on Twitter of a petition online. Oh, uh, for people, yeah. They're signing a petition to, you must redo season eight. Yikes. I think that's a little too far. Um, you can't change the story now. And it's not going to happen. You can't bring all those actors back. It's a shame that it happened this way. But that's the reality that the double Ds were done. HBO said, you can have as many seasons as you want. We give it to you, man. And they said, all we need is two more seasons. Yeah, nobody is denying, and we have said it repeatedly, that they had a monumental task in front of them, trying it's to adapt easy. this sprawling tale that R.R. Martin wrote. It is so much easier when you have pages and pages of books, and if you're not finished, well, you can just do another book. <laughs> it's not like that when you're stuck to a deadline in a show here, and when you run out of script and run out of map midway through, even harder. Benioff and Weiss started out as the ultimate fans of the show. So I have often speculated, I'm sure they had ideas where they wanted the story to go. Yeah. And when they no longer have a roadmap, maybe they start pulling some of that stuff in. Maybe they're more interested in some of the spectacle and visual and things that were quite obviously given more attention mm. and came out tremendous. 
this season. You know, there's there's a lot of things going on here, but the bottom line is there is still hope for an R.R. Martin finish to the book series where things could possibly be different or play out slower. Who knows? So Jason, obviously I'm not going to read this whole thing, number one, because it's long and number two, it's silly, but I love it. Have you seen the article by Slate.com, How Game of Thrones Really Ends? No, I haven't. Let's just put it this way. It starts off 19 years later. Winter was coming, again. The autumn day was crisp and golden as one of Sansa's lemon cakes, and the little family bobbed across the rumbling King's Road towards King's Landing Carriage Depot. A large cage rattled on top of the laden hand wagons the parents were pushing. Inside of it, a tiny dragon roared. A direwolf pup trotted beside them. A little girl trailed tearfully behind her brothers, clutching her father's arm. It won't be long and you'll go too, John told her. Two years, sniffed Viseria. I want to go now. The family wove its way towards platforms nine and ten. Ugh. I won't. I won't be in the Night's Watch. <laughs> so, obviously, you can see where this is going. It's a whole recreation of Harry Potter, the final Harry Potter chapters. That's hilarious. With the scenes 19 years later. But there's some lines in here that just had me dying. Luckily, Drogon was right where Danny had parked him. And with a quick Dracarys, the path was clear. The platform <laughs> revealed. So, uh, little Eddard. John's son is saying, what if I'm sent to the Night's Watch? His biggest fear. You know, what if I'm in Slytherin? And John says, I was in the Night's Watch, and it made me the man I am today. Yes, they stabbed me to death, but they were also my brothers. (laughs) (laughs) And on and on. Really cute. Um, Thank you so much to Meg for sending us that. Obviously, she knows we're also huge Mm. fans of Harry Potter. If you get a chance and you want to check that out, it's on Slate.com. And if you love Harry Potter as as much as we do, we're covering that over on Patreon. So check that out. We do full movie reviews. We have amazing segments where we go over all the creatures. And we give you the backgrounds of the creatures that you do not get from reading the regular books and or watching the movie. It's a compilation. And we're going slowly. Every couple of months, we cover another one because it's fun just to go back to it. In between, we do movies that are out in the theater right now, but we have a couple in our library. So if you sign up today, those will all be accessible to you. And we currently have a poll open on Patreon right now. And it looks like Aladdin, the new Aladdin, is winning. So that will be our movie review. And if you haven't voted yet and you're part of that tier, time to vote. That's great because I want to see that. Also, I'm going to see Tolkien at some point anyway because that also looks awesome. Just go to coffeeclatchcrew.com. Click on Patreon. Also, you know what? Just check out coffeeclatchcrew.com. We're constantly adding to that website. There's so many fun things to check out. And also, remember, the homepage lets you know when our next podcast is going to be released. Elizabeth wrote in about the Jamie Cersei ending to say that she believes that line that we really caught on with Jamie saying he didn't care about the people of King's Landing was pure sarcasm, which we had put forth as an option. But she says we have proof through his actions you know, him going north to fight for the dead. I agree with that. I think he was talking to his brother and being flippant. Flippant. Like, yeah. I don't care. We've seen him get like that before. And she says, of course, he would want to be there for Cersei to try to save her at the end or at the bare minimum to be with her. So I don't think it broke his character arc anyway. I think it showed that he is human and at the end of the day wanted to be with the person he loved no matter how toxic that love was. He, quote, would have killed everyone at River Run to get back to Cersei. We heard him say that in previous seasons. He killed his own cousin to get back to her. But he also wanted to save innocent people as long as Cersei wasn't going to be in harm's way. And that really always is the main point of his argument. for sure. And we got a good amount of voicemails this time. I'm pretty excited. Let's check them out. Hey, y'all. Andrew, North Carolina. It literally just ended, so instant reaction. Damn. Right? (laughs) So, Varys 
as an actor, that would be the way to go out. So I, I bet he's pretty happy about that. Then, speaking of going out to Club Game Bowl, I really didn't think there was much of a letdown. I enjoyed Yay! it. And the dude wouldn't die. I guess he was already dead, so I don't, I don't know how that went out. But <laughs> I guess you'd say, like, Stannis Baratheon, he didn't die on screen, so maybe they're still alive. But, nah, not this late. Mm-hmm. So I'm still just kind of in shock. You know, I, I'll, I'll give it to D&D that it's not great writing this season, but... I think the story is fantastic. Still would have put the Night King as the last battle. That yes. still irritates snot <laughs> out of me. Snot, whatever. But, you know, the whole thing with Arya and Jon Snow and the tragic tale of Daenerys Targaryen. And I mean, you, ha- you had to see that coming. You, you really had to. If you didn't, you, well, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, but man, I'm still just kind of processing it all, but. It's a tragic story, that's for sure. And I'm just trying to figure out how they're going to resolve it with one more episode. I mean, still, Jon Snow was with the attacking force, so how are the people going to rally behind him? I, I don't see how that's possible. And I really don't want to see Sansa be like, it's what you do. <laughs> you know, the, the other thing that I'm wondering, too, the prophecy of Cersei dying by her brother's hand or something, or is it with her brother? I'm sure you're going to explain that in the podcast, but I don't know. That that death was kind of a letdown. Are you talking about Jamie Lannister is like the man of steel and can't die with two stabs to his side? My God. I guess Euron Greyjoy did not kill the Kingslayer. Dang, man. That's a lot. Anyway, you know, next time, if y'all ever get down to North Carolina, the next round is on me. <laughs> nice. That sounds good. Christina's sister used to live in North Carolina. You know, along the lines of Jamie being able to survive two stab wounds, we actually had a Clatcher tweet to us. The internet was giving reasons why Jamie might still be alive. I don't have it up right now. And there's just too much. They were buried in a collapsing tower. Well, there's some reasons like uh, there's this TV show or maybe it's a uh, radio show who has been interviewing everyone who dies that episode. And he interviewed... Two of the characters who died, but he didn't interview Nikolai. When he was asked about it on Twitter, he said, um, I'm still holding on to that one. Oh, I just, I feel like that's wishful thinking. It wasn't very ambiguous that the entire building was falling down on top of them. If he had walked out of there with two stab wounds and then we cut away, I would have said, well, you never know. Yeah. But we've done that a lot of times with Game of Thrones. We thought for a long time, for sure, Stannis' death, which Mm -hmm. he mentions here, wasn't shown on screen. There's possibility. We're down to the finale. I I just don't think you can do that. I I don't think, Jamie, even if he survived the fall, which he definitely didn't, he's buried in so much rubble. It's an entire tower. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, I hope he died instantly because that's pretty sad if he has to suffer after He's still being alive. He's been through enough of that. Yeah. Thank you for calling in again, Andrew. In North Carolina, maybe we need to make a trip. He owes us a drink. Yo, yo, yo. This is E.H. Mankle, a.k.a. E-Man, the Elder Millennial, calling again. What's up, Jason? This is Delino. Christina Shagabarsuno. <laughs> Sorry. You know I love you guys. My first and still favorite GOT pod. Uh, so last week I called, maybe it was a little too late to be on the show at the predictions, and uh, thought 
They're pretty good, actually. Someone's hands on. Um, of course, not John Daniel still alive, but whatever. Anyway, so this week, just hearing a lot of hate against the GOT, which I think is mostly unwarranted. I do see issues that could have been handled better or possible. Um, but I mean, I listened, I've been watching it since like season four and all up in the pods and Twitters. Like, I'm following the stuff, I've read some of the books, and like, people are all upset about Valkyrie and Prophecy. Well, I don't even remember what that is. Like, come on, give me a break. In like two years of the show, I thought this last episode was amazing. It was perfect. And hearing all this hate, I feel like they're not just like simple minded or what? Because I thought this was awesome. Jamie and Cersei, that was like the perfect conclusion to the story arc. And the Hound, the Mountain had their thing, which of course is going to happen. And I loved uh, them both dying and the Hound. And my prediction was the Hound will win, which he kind of did, right? Because he freaking shoved Zombie Man off the cliff after stabbing a dagger through his eyeball, through his brain. Love the imagery. So well done. GOT is made to kind of break the norm, the mold. Like, you know, Eddard Stark dying, like the main character. That's like a big deal, right? So people are expecting that. It's like you can't have it both ways because you expect the unexpected, but then when it's not what you expected to be unexpected, then you're upset. Uh, You know what I'm getting at? That's what I think was bothering me. Thank you for calling in, E-Man. Okay, we did get your second email. So this is the guy who called two weeks ago and the phone was so messed up we couldn't play it. And then he did call in right after we recorded. So we couldn't get to that one. And this one, you got to get a new phone, dude. It's, it's so it's hard. It's so hard to understand. <laughs> I hope that you guys can make out some of that. There was a lot of good feedback in there. You know, I defended the Jamie Cersei ending. I still don't like it. This and past I'm, time around. I feel I'm like... sorry, e a lot of people are going to be split on that. You know, that's natural. I think it's just me wanting, and I understand, it's me wanting good things to happen to some of our characters. I felt like he'd been through enough, and I loved the storybook ending, which Game of Thrones, there's no such thing as storybook ending, but he was just so safe. He was under the thick fur covers with Brienne, (laughs) and I felt like his story was done. He did, he fought for the humans. His story was never going to be done without confronting Cersei one way or the other. It was just a matter of how was that going to go, and, you know, just like with the Danny thing, it's going to work for some people, and it's not going to work for other people, and I think that's what we've been talking about is sometimes people get so passionate, they lose sight of the discussion here. And it's like, if you think the opposite of me, you're wrong. Right. And you're stupid. And these (laughs) are all the reasons why you have it backwards. I don't feel like that's productive or there's any need for us to engage in that. Jason, you feel very differently from me on this, but I totally see where you're coming from. I respect your opinion. I think... Is that why you threw the ring I just gave you back at me? (laughs) (laughs) I think on some level, would it have been satisfying to see him kill Cersei? Absolutely. I mean, that's what we're about here, right? Is just talking about all these different angles. And it's great to hear all of your feedback on that as well. So thank you for calling me, man. You had a lot of great responses. And you have a right to say hearing a lot of hate that's mostly unwarranted. And I agree. And I already said this, but let me re- reiterate, we don't mind where the story went. I mean, I mind as a as a human and I can complain and be like, I wanted Danny to be good. <laughs> but I understand it. It's a good story. It's how they got there and how quickly they needed to. Well, and when many, many, many people are criticizing certain aspects of the execution, we would be wrong not to talk about that as well. That's just, why are we having a podcast? If yeah. We're not going to talk about both sides, right? 
Hey guys, it's Lewis. Um, just wanted to uh, give you some feedback for Game of Thrones. Oh, sorry, sorry about your loss, by the way. I tell you, you guys have to go to a wake. So thank you. Um, that sucks. I hope you guys are all right. <clears throat> yeah. So in Game of Thrones, so yeah, my theory for next episode, I think what's gonna happen is, well, Daenerys is gonna for sure try to kill Tyrion. John's not gonna like that very much, so he is going to defend him and take the throne, even though he doesn't want it. Uh, what I really think is gonna happen is that he still He'll end up back north. I think he'll leave the throne of the Seven Kingdoms for Tyrion and Sansa to not rule, but I, I think they're going to set up some sort of uh, democracy there. That's what we It'll be like. Tyrion and Sansa. John will go back north with uh, Tormund and the Wildlings, uh, where he feels that he belongs. Oh. And Danny's going to die. I think Danny and Drogon are going to die somehow. Mm-hmm. And for sure, uh, John's going to fight Grey Worm because. Danny has no one else. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's where, where this is headed. Danny's lost her mind. I, I don't know what you guys, what your criticism is for it yet. But, uh, I, I don't understand all the backlash on it because we've been seeing this. You know, we've been seeing the path she's been going since day one that she could have snapped at any moment. And, uh, I feel that all the losses, all the betrayals of this last season, you know, and even some stuff that happened on season uh, last season kind of pushed her over the edge, and she lost it. And I actually really dug this episode. Not a popular opinion, but uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. All right, that's that's all I got. Uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Well, thank you, Lewis. A lot of that is stuff we've actually been discussing for quite some time. I didn't know if there was going to be any kind of reconciliation between Tyrion and Sansa, but I did say. Tyrion could make it through this whole thing and be yeah. in somewhat of a ruling position at the end. Maybe they'll try to start up a democracy for a new world. That's another popular theory. I like it. But I never thought about what's going to push John over the edge next episode. I assumed it would be what she did to the city here. But could she go after Tyrion and that would threaten John? I never considered that. That's a good idea, too. I like too. that. Thank you, Lewis. Afternoon. This is Matt from uh, Pecatonica, Illinois. Go Indians. Uh, <laughs> Really enjoyed your show, and I am so excited to find out what you guys think about Mad Queen's uh, Danny. Oh, gosh, she burned the whole thing. And I've been looking around the Internet. People seem to be real, real mad about, oh, the writing is terrible and, oh, whatever. But I don't know. I'm, I'm at, right, at this point, I'm just letting it wash all over me. I'm excited for the very last episode, and I'm really excited to hear what you guys think of it. Uh, just oh, keep killing it, everybody. Oh, thank you, Matt. <laughs> he has a good voice. He does. You should have called in sooner. Thank you for calling in. And I feel like that's the point I kind of got to last episode yeah. where I said, okay, I, I see what's happening now. And yes, I have qualms. Yes, we're going to talk about things on the podcast, but... I'm taking a step back and just trying to enjoy what is good about this. And I am definitely enjoying it. I did like last episode. Oh, I love the spectacle of it. I really did. It was so visually amazing. And uh, the show is supposed to bring out feelings. So when I'm yelling at the TV, no, don't do it, Danny. Come on, you got this. And then she flies off and I'm like, no. Think about the reactions to the Red Wedding. It's just <laughs> oh my we goodness. had seasons ahead of us at yeah. that point. We don't now. Of course, everything's going to be so much more. So thank you everyone for calling in. This is so fun. I really love the voicemails and the emails. I feel like we have so many friends that if anyone wanted to fight us, we have a bigger army than Daenerys. And so many amazing responses on Twitter. We couldn't even get into that 
stratosphere, but the outpouring of love after this last podcast came out was amazing. The positive reviews that came in, thank you to everyone. There are just a few more comments, but they are going to be in the spoiler section for theories about our finale. Before we go into our spoilers, I wanted to send a huge thank you to the people who left reviews this week. Now, this is up to last Sunday when we looked at it before the show aired. So anyone who left a review after that will shout you out next week. Thank you to M Dolls, Murphy123789, JG Levy, The Ashton Show, JRR808, Teth Naru, Wellington Bears, Carrie VW, Far Reach, Blauza, Corita, Howard Chief, and Hanks the Re, maybe? <laughs> and one more to Denny that was on our regular CKC one. Thank you for those amazing reviews. Jason lied a little. We're not quite going into spoilers. First, we have our closer look. If you want to hear more about the Red Keep, this is just explaining more about the castle. There's nothing really spoilery here. Here's a quote from the book. Aegon built his castle of red rock to remind people of the fire he roasted his enemies in. So whenever King's Landing looked up, they'd see the price of defiance. The Red Keep is a castle on Aegon's Hill in King's Landing, the capital, and home to the king, family, and court. At the start of Aegon's conquest, he landed at the mouth of Blackwater, and on the highest hill of the area, he built his first fort. The new city of King's Landing developed around it. It dominated the skyline and served as the city's primary fortress and redoubt. Located in the southeastern corner of King's Landing, the Red Keep overlooks Blackwater Bay and the Narrow Sea. It's made of pale red stone, has seven massive towers crowned with iron ramparts, and much of it is connected underground. Massive walls surround the castle with nests and crenellations for archers. Thick stone parapets some four feet high protect the outer edge of the walls that have bronze gates and portcullises. Behind the walls are cobbled squares, inner yards, covered bridges, dungeons, granaries, kennels, and stables. Now this is a quote from them. Following the Battle of King's Landing, the castle has sustained severe damage after Drogon set fire to many parts of it and its base and collapsed some of its towers. However, it is still largely intact, much like Harrenhal. So who knows where they're going with that. Aegon the Conqueror started the build, and his son Maegor the Cruel completed it. Afterward, he took the heads of every stonemason, woodworker, and builder who labored on it. Only the blood of the dragon would ever know the secrets of the fortress the dragon lords had built. So it said there's a lot of secret doors and winding passageways. This is some of what Tyrion has figured out that he gives Jamie the knowledge of how to get out of there, but there's stuff under the dungeons. It's really complex. It's broken up into several main areas, some of which we see on the show, such as the Great Hall, where we have the massive throne room and the Iron Throne is situated. It said that hall can feast a thousand people. Then we have Magor's Holdfast, which they referenced here in episode five. Reason being that it's a stout tower, a square fortress that was built right in the center of the Red Keep. You know how you see the towers around the edges? Mm. That's part of what Drogon's blowing down. This one was in the middle because it would serve as a place royalty could go if the city was ever attacked. It's also where the royal apartments were located. And this is where Cersei and her ladies went during the Battle of Blackwater when she took Sansa there and they were trying to wait it out. You have the Tower of the Hand, which we saw some of with Ned and also with Tyrion, the place where the Hand lives and works. The Council Chamber, where they had the meetings of the Small Council. 
The White Sword Tower, which I think we saw through Jamie's eyes, it houses the chambers of the Kingsguard. The Traitor's Walk, we definitely did. It's an outer corridor on the sides of the Red Keep with a view to the outer walls. The heads of criminals and traitors are placed on the spikes, visible both to the exterior and whoever passes through, such as when Joffrey wanted to torment Sansa. And finally, the dungeons, which are divided into four levels. On the upper level are cells with high, narrow windows where common criminals are confined. The second level has smaller personal cells without windows for highborn captives and valuable hostages. The third level has the black cells. Prisoners accused of treason and other high crimes are kept there, as was the case with Ned Stark, and we saw that Varys had access to them. Finally, the fourth level is spoken only of in rumors. Once a man is taken there, he never sees the light of day again. And of course, the Red Keep, according to those rumors, is full of miles of secret passageways running beneath the walls and below the floors. And we also saw Varys knew how to make his way through there to get into somebody's room from the back way or whatever he needed to do. It's like those cool castles that you saw growing up where there was places behind bookshelves. Tapestries. Behind, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Just like a fun castle. Well, could be fun for a kid. I think this explains, though, why some of the outer towers could fall, but you have this fortified kind of central area of Magors that could remain intact. Now, Cersei and Jaime were underneath that, so part of it could have collapsed, but the upper part of Magors could still be holding. Maybe. I mean, the whole city looks like it's torched down, so I doubt that Danny's going to be actually sitting and ruling here. She's probably going to go to the Iron Throne at some point, but I would imagine that she has it in her head. Dragonstone will be the place she lives. I think so. You can't live here, really. Yeah, the fact that she just demolished her own family's home. Mm -hmm. It's pretty dark. Yeah, I don't think, while she saw it as her right, the Red Keep was more of a trigger for her. I do believe that Dragonstone always felt more like a home, a safe place. Well, that wraps up the regular episode and only leaves us with the spoilers. So if you are afraid of that section, we will see you next week when we review episode six, the finale. Oh man, I can't believe we're here. It's been a great ride. Thank you for joining us. The good news is it's not our last podcast. We have a podcast the following week in regards to the HBO special. The Last Watch. The Last Watch, that's right. And then we have a bonus episode. And then throughout the year or years to come, be sure to stay subscribed because we will be releasing extra Game of Thrones podcasts where we dive deeper into some really fun parts of the Game of Thrones world. And don't forget, shortly after that, we will be doing bi-weekly podcasts on our main channel. So search for that. Just go Coffee Clash Crew and look for that main white channel cover. Or just go to coffeeclashcrew.com. You can see it there. Where we will be covering Big Little Lies Season 2. That should be fun. Airing June 9th on HBO. Well, that just leaves us with our spoiler section. We got a few write-ins for predictions that I want to give these people shout-outs to. Jonathan of House Hund. He gave a bunch of things prior to last episode. So, you know, some of them kind of didn't work out in episode five, but this one still could. He thinks the last clip of the entire series will be Tormund in the North and some kind of evidence that the Night King is still alive. And man, part of me has really been wanting that, especially if Jon decides to go back up North in the end. But even if not, yeah, you still have Tormund as a look into that, which makes sense. Jennifer was wondering at some of the... Tyrion theories we've been guessing at for a while. She says, this is probably really silly, but what if Danny tries to use Drogon to execute Tyrion and he lives? Would he have a claim to the throne? 
there was a theory thread floating around for a long time that we talked about that Tyrion was actually a secret Targaryen. I don't think that in the finale we can introduce such a crazy twist that they haven't really referenced here. And in the books, there was so much more proof. His hair was light colored like the Targaryens. He had one purple eye. There was a lot of speculation that Joanna, the mother, could have been with the Mad King. So I think they eliminated the threads like that on the TV show. It is fun to think about. And Mara and many others think that it's going to be Arya moving in to kill Danny next episode because Jon won't be able to do it. Now, HBO is not going to give much away about the finale, even within the preview. What we do see is Tyrion walking through the streets, surveying the destruction. The Unsullied and Dothraki, those remaining, stand with weapons raised as Danny walks out in front of them all. It looks like they're still in King's Landing. And I guess this is going to be the initial aftermath of her giving whatever speech about whatever rule she intends to have now. I'm really interested to see what she has to say about everything that just happened. Listen, guys, I don't know what just happened. I I freaked out for a second, but it's okay. (laughs) Those bells, what can I tell you? We got dustbusters in the corner. We'll clean it up. We'll just pretend it didn't happen, okay? Did I tell you my father was mad? (laughs) I just... No, I mean, obviously she's going to have to defend it, right? But which stance is she going to take? The way Danny talks about this, while nothing can excuse what she just did, is going to influence how I feel about her character in this last final episode. Now, we talked a while ago that Amelia Clark gave away a huge spoiler prior to this season. I can't believe we haven't heard more about it because it's coming to pass. When they were interviewing everyone, asking about what they thought of their characters in this final season. Of course, they really can't say anything. Most people were giving very generic answers. She said, I think it's going to leave people with a bitter taste in their mouths Mm. about Daenerys. Yes. We knew then this wasn't (laughs) going to end well, right? But yeah, so many different ways this could go. Who kills who? Who's left around? Is there a throne? Is there a democracy? Is the Night King still alive and well somehow north of the wall? All questions we still have for our final episode. So we'll see you on Twitter the night of the episode, and we will try our best to get our podcast out before Wednesday, but Wednesday will be the guaranteed night. And in between that, Patreon members, you got your Coffee Break episode coming out where we will be going over our fun poll that we released to the Clatchers and the winners of this month's CKC gear. Till next week, this round's on me. This round is on me! Try again.